What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, this is Donnie Nelson, and you're listening to the Mavs Step Back Podcast. Yeah, it's the Mavericks, all about action. Don't do no acting, no Samuel Jackson. Dirk the ball, you know that it's magic. Post move deadly, yeah, get tragic. Look with the ball, yeah, get nasty. He'll drop 30, don't gotta ask him. Luka with the step back three. Boy, Chris Stabs, looking like Dirk and Nash in the gap. They just want to ring, want to fit a gap on your team head. I ain't talking heads, dang, go relax, kill at a champ. Defense still coming with the Calibus flow, the man's the best on the flow. I'm wild. How's it going, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. I am rejoined this week by my co-host and Dallas basketball on, on SI colleague, Matt Galatson. Matt, it's good to have you back, buddy. How was your Thanksgiving? It was great, man. I, I felt kind of left out uh, with your other pod with your brother. I listened to it, though. It was great. Um, I was uh, unfortunately a little under the weather and traveling at the same time, so I couldn't really be available, but you guys did a great job, um, and it's a good day, isn't it? It, it? It's a very good day, and before we talk about this huge, huge win, uh, you know that the Mavs had today and it's uh, we may have to just start doing pods on Sundays because <laughs> last last weekend I, when you I, I figured you weren't going to be able to do it uh so I at first I was like well we'll just we'll just skip this week and we'll come back strong the next week and then you know we were sitting there and uh my little brother he's he was back for the week uh from Iowa and I hadn't seen him in forever and we were just sitting there and we were watching the Rockets game and then it was maybe 30 minutes 40 minutes after that game had ended and I just looked at him and I was just like you want to record a podcast <laughs> he, he, he's not really the the talkative type so I, I was kind of I was I wasn't expecting him to be so open to doing it but I'm glad he did it we had fun with it and uh, now we've got another big win to talk about today Matt because uh, the Mavs went into Los Angeles and they beat the Red Hot Lakers 114 to 100. They snapped the Lakers 10 game winning streak uh, according to Mavs PR. The last time the Mavs snapped at least a 10 game winning streak was in the title season 2010-2011 uh, when they snapped the Miami Heat's 12 game winning streak. So uh, it, it was so so good to see them go into a contender's home like that and just completely blow them off the court. And, I mean, it's not its not like we – I don't know if we should have been shocked by this or not because the first time they played the Lakers, they had a sizable lead as well. I think they got the lead up to 20 points in that one too, and then they eventually uh, squandered it. And we know what happened with the foul with Dwight Howard on Seth Curry that wasn't called at the end and – yada yada so the Mavs 
They owed the Lakers one, and now the Mavs are seven and two on the road. I mean, it's just absolutely crazy how good or how much better this team is this year compared to what we've seen the last three years. So, I mean, what what's going through your mind right now? Well, I mean, for me, it, it wasn't just that they went into Los Angeles and, and won a basketball game against a hot team or, or blew them off the court. It's how frustrated they made the Lakers. The Lakers right. have, have had a pretty easy road this entire season, obviously. They've been, you know, they were 17-2 coming in. They were they were blowing people off the court themselves. They've then, had a cupcake schedule. Well, the I mean, the Mavs haven't had a great one either, but it's the the, the point I'm making is that, you know, to see a team full of young guys and relatively inexperienced guys um, as far as championship-level players and all that stuff go into Los Angeles and really, really frustrate a team like the Lakers that has all the the veterans and LeBron and Anthony Davis and all the you know the stars and Danny Green and and even doing it after you know not a great start to the game. They started off very slow in the first quarter. They were they were down. Yeah. And they, it didn't look like it was going well. I remember, I think I either texted it or sent it in our Twitter DMs that, man, this doesn't look good. And then, <laughs> yeah. you know, they, they, they kind of made a push at the end of the first half and and got it to within three, I think. And then in the second half, Luka just went nuts. And, uh, you know, the, the instead of it just being him this time, the rest of the roster kind of molded around him. And, you know, they did it on both ends. They did it on offense. They did it on defense. They kept the Lakers out of the lane. They frustrated them on the perimeter. It was one of the best all-around halves of basketball I've seen them play all year. Well, and it's kind of the same concept, you know, what what we saw a week ago in Houston where, yes, you know, Houston has James Harden. He's playing at an MVP level. He just dropped 60 on the Hawks the other night. I mean, he's just – In three quarters. Aver- <laughs> in three quarters. He's averaging 40 points per game. So, I mean, he's just going nuts. But – if you look at the rest of the Houston roster compared to the Mavs, like that that's the biggest thing. The Mavs' depth is going to help them beat a lot of these other teams that rely on just one or two people. And, you know, that's kind of the feeling you get with the Lakers. You know, they have LeBron and they have Anthony Davis. But, you know, past that, I think the Mavs have a, you know, pretty decent advantage. Uh, and... Of course, the Mavs have Luka, and he's playing at an MVP level, too, so that kind of, you know, levels the playing field a little bit with the LeBron and AD advantage for the Lakers. But, <clears throat> I mean, like you said, they, they just they frustrated him. It was, it was a full team effort. Luka was amazing. But to hold the Lakers, you know, we, we've talked all season about how the Mavs have the number one offense in the league. They have the, the number one offensive rating at uh, 116.1 right now. Well, the Lakers are fifth, and they held them to a hundred points at their place. So, I mean, that's, I mean, that's just incredible for this team. You know, some of the the defensive lapses we've seen earlier in this season, that that was just a complete team effort. Uh, aside from Luca, you know, you had uh, Powell and KP going for fifteen apiece. Uh, Porzingis, he. He didn't have the best offensive game, but he didn't have like a extremely terrible one like we've seen in the past. He he was five of eleven, three of eight from three, um, had six rebounds, and you know he was solid on defense too. V- yeah, very solid on defense. And 
Dwight Powell, you know, we got to show him some love because as as much as he's struggled lately in both of our opinions because I mean I mean I, even if he's a plus in the uh the box score just visibly like in especially in that Clippers game you could just tell he wasn't he just wasn't himself. He he doesn't he hasn't looked like the Dwight Powell we saw most of last year up until this game in my opinion. He had his best game of the season. Uh, shot 6 of 11 from the field, had 15 points, 9 rebounds. He was active. Uh, he had a really big steal late in that game uh, from Anthony Davis. Made him uncomfortable, surprisingly. I mean, it, it was just it was a big game from him. And I'm, I'm hoping that this is like the turning point for him this season and that's what we start seeing more of going forward. Well, yeah, and you mentioned the depth and I, I think that's a I think that's a really good point because so many of these teams in the West are so top heavy. Um, the Clippers aren't really in this conversation because they have a very deep team, but the you know they're impossible. They're they're just they're a whole other thing. And I, I think that <laughs> I think that when you boil it down to who the best teams in the NBA are, it really starts with the Clippers. I don't care what the records are. Um, I think they're at another level above the Lakers when they're healthy and everybody's on the floor. But that's another conversation. Um, you know, the thing about the Mavs is they do have that depth, and there there still is some some things they can do to get better. KP hasn't, you know, Kirk mentioned this to us in our in our Twitter DMs earlier. And it was a really good point. You know, uh, KP still hasn't come anywhere close to being where we think he could be. So this you know this team can can get better. Jalen Brunson hasn't been playing particularly well, um, and you know yeah they've gotten some things from Tim Hardaway Jr. but you know, there's there's still some things out there that they can do to make the roster even better and deeper without sacrificing anything, you know, really important to what to what their success has been right now. Another thing that came up that I thought was really interesting about um, you know the Mavs schedule is they're you know it it looks like a pretty easy schedule you know just on the face and it, and it, for the most part it has been, but when you look at it, they're four and three against teams with top ten winning percentages. And that's yes. really big. So those wins that you get right now, as Bobby pointed out, are going to pay huge dividends down the road. And I think that's really important for a team who did lose two you know, games to the Knicks that were really big losses that could have ended up hurting them. When you get wins like this one against the Lakers, those things make up for that, and I think that's really big. Right. And again, I mean, it's not just, it's not just that they're beating – good teams when they're playing them it's it's the fact that they're able to do it on the road you know last week it was in Houston uh today it was at Los Angeles uh you know they beat the Denver Nuggets at Denver in a game where Luka and KP combined for 22 points so I mean that's that's what's so impressive in my opinion is not not only are they able to beat these contenders but they're they're doing it at their place too so uh just just really impressive stuff from the Mavs uh that now they're sitting at 13 and 6 uh they're they're the fourth seed they have the same record as the Rockets but uh they won the head-to-head so they have that tiebreaker right now they're they're sitting at fourth and I mean Matt just looking at the standings I mean, you don't want to you don't want to go ahead and like crown the Mavs for making the playoffs already. But I mean, it it's really starting to feel like this is a lock 
for the Mavs to make the playoffs. You know, bar, barring some unforeseen uh, catastrophic injury or something like that. I mean, just the way they're playing, the way this team plays off of each other, what we've seen, it just looks like they're they're set to make the playoffs. And that, that's such a great feeling. Like, it's just night and day from what we're used to. And I can't wait to, you know, get to the end of this season and see how it plays out, where they're at, who they're playing. And just to just to get to see Luka in the playoffs. I mean, I know I've said this before, but, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to bet my money against Luka in the playoffs. I mean, I think the Luka magic is going to just be, you know, multiplied at that point. What do you think? Yeah, I mean that's that's definitely a possibility, you know, cuz this this isn't your normal second year player obviously. He's been through the shit as 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 you like to say, you know, it's he he's been through a bunch of championship sh- seasons in in Europe and um there there's nothing that really phases him. I mean, the most intimidated I think I've ever seen him was the first time he went to LA and played against LeBron. And that was last year, that was early in the season and after that, you know, nothing's really phased him. Um you know, we got to a point last year where things were looking pretty good, um, but you know, around this time, nineteen games in, they were only ten and nine, and uh, you know, this is different. They're thirteen and six. They're winning games convincingly. Convincingly, they're beating good teams, um, and you know, it's it, this is a different team. That you know, there's there's nothing there's nothing getting in the way of this team right now like there was last year. There's no Harrison Barnes or Wes Matthews or DeAndre Jordan drama or throw you know when they would throw things off during you know the end of a game or whatever everything is very clear and concise they know what they're doing they're you know and it wasn't always like that at the beginning of the year we complained about it but it seems like they've really found their groove and they've kind of found their identity and they're going with it and it's working so far yeah that that second Knicks loss I I think they really had like a like a come to Jesus meeting after that one because you know, losing to that team twice, and, you know, it was, it was really disheartening, and they, they really lost in the same way both times. Uh, so I, I I think after that, they all got together and were just like, look, <laughs> like we, we know we're better than this. We can play better than this. And, I mean, give them credit. They've, they have bounced back from that. They've gotten some really big wins under their belt. And, I mean, it's just been – it's been great to see. And – you know, we're just we gave Dwight Powell some praise a little bit earlier, but you know I have to mention my guy Justin Jackson because I mean it it baffles me that he isn't getting more minutes than what he is right now. Every time he gets put in, he's efficient. Uh, you could tell that there was there was one play. I'll have to go back. I'll probably tweet it out later, but I'm gonna go back and find this play where he like seemed to overpower not overpower but he held his own against Dwight Howard in the paint and pretty much denied Howard from having a lob attempt because you could tell the Lakers were trying to get Dwight Howard the ball in the paint and you know Justin Jackson just wasn't (laughs) he just wasn't letting letting Dwight have it so you know he's gotten stronger Uh, he only played 15 minutes in this game but he was six of ten hit three of his five threes uh, for 15 points I mean, he he just needs to play more. And I, I've said it all season, and even in some of the games where he hasn't played, the Mavs have gotten the win anyway. But I just don't see a downside 
to having Justin Jackson play at least 15 minutes per game like he did tonight. No, I thought he was great. There's plenty of room left on the island, everybody. Um, come join us. Uh, I was Dalton was obviously there first, but I, 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 I took out some I early real estate away. as well. I couldn't give away spots at first, but I mean, I'd be happy to sell you one now. I mean, <laughs> hey, I, I was, I was, I was there with you pretty early on. Uh, you obviously got there first, but you know, I, I bought into. I thought he looked really good at the end of last year, and you know, he he makes a real difference when he's in the game. It was really frustrating to me when he wasn't in the Clippers game, considering the kind of players that the Clippers play, and you know, the things that they do. It would make sense for him to be on the floor, at least in my opinion. But, you know, maybe Rick Carlisle will learn from that and they'll go forward and the next time they play the Clippers, he'll play. But he was great. Um, you know, five players scoring at least 15 points, I think, is huge. Yes. Um, when, when the Mavs bench is clicking and their defense is clicking to go along with that offense, you know, they're a really dangerous team. I said that in my column. Um, they're, they're, when their offense is good, they're dangerous. When everything is clicking they look like a real, real contender. Yeah. And it's always the next man up approach for this team too, because I mean if you look if you look at the box score, Tim Hardaway Jr., who's just been absolutely scorching the nets lately, he came back down to earth today. He he, he scored eight points, uh missed all seven of his three pointers. Uh, but Delon Wright came off the bench and hit three of his six threes. 7 of 12 from the field, had a season-high 9 assists. He had 17 points, 9 assists, and 5 rebounds. And it's it's those kind of performances that – and, I mean, DeLon's capable of doing that every night if he wanted to. Um, I mean, he, he, can, he can fill it up uh, with the assists and the points and the rebounds. I mean, he we saw it when he was on the Grizzlies towards the end of last season. I think he had two consecutive triple-doubles against the Mavs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he he's definitely capable of that kind of stuff and uh matt i don't know if you saw it but mavs pr they they tweeted out that uh you know when delon wright scores at least 10 points or more the mavs are five and one and when justin jackson scores at least 10 points or more the mavs are six and oh so i mean <laughs> the, the numbers are right there i mean it's not it's not just me blindly praising Justin Jackson, uh, you know, just because I like the guy and I'm a, I'm a fan of the guy. It's it's that he's actually good and that he needs to be playing. So that that's that makes me feel good too, just to have have the numbers in front of me and it's it's just like validation. Like you're not crazy. You're not a crazy fan. He is good and he needs to be playing. Yeah, he he definitely needs to be on the floor more. I think Delon needs to be on the floor more, even though he's he's been pretty consistent. Um, you know, Seth hit a couple of big shots. You know, I thought I thought he I think he needs to be on the floor more. Uh, maybe it has to come at the sacrifice of somebody like Jalen Brunson. I'm not sure yet, but um, obviously guys like Justin and, and Delon are huge to this team's success. Uh, it <clears throat> I just I don't know how. You know, we've been saying it all year. I don't know how it's just now coming to light that when those guys are, you know, successful, that this team is successful. Um, you know, and I thought Maxi did really well also defensively, especially. You know, he yeah, um, and and Dorian as well. You know, those guys weren't intimidated. Uh, maybe they got a little extra juice today. The whole team maybe they got a little extra juice today because Dirk was in town. Who knows? 
Um, oh man, did you? Speaking <clears throat> of Dorian, I mean he he didn't he didn't put up big numbers or anything like that, but he always brings the energy. You remember that block on LeBron? Oh, it was magical. <laughs> oh my goodness. LeBron just he was gonna freight train his way to the rim and Dorian was trailing the play all the way down. And then at the last second he comes in and just swats his layup. I think it hit off the backboard. Maybe not. But anyway, it it was glorious. Yeah, it was a LeBron block. <laughs> it was so great. And at that point you kind of felt like, okay, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna really, you know, put their foot on the gas here and finish this thing off. Yeah, it, uh, it was, in my opinion, I think it was their best win of the season. I don't really think it's even close. Um, the Toronto win was good, but they were, you know, they weren't 100%. Um, the Denver win was good, even though they didn't play that well. Um, I, I don't think Denver was really, at that point, what they are now, but we'll see when they play again. Um, but, you know, from start to, you know, I guess not from start, but <laughs> from the second quarter yeah. until the fourth quarter, <laughs> It was it was the best three quarters I've seen them play in a long time. Yeah, I and, agree. Um, I, I think yeah. that's I, I think it's their best win by far. Yeah, and it it it's it, I know I already said it, but you can't you can't say enough about how much a win means a win like this one means to this team. You know, when March and April and all that rolls around, because. You know, when they're getting tired or somebody gets injured, having this win in their back pocket is going to help them then. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it felt good for them to win comfortably, too. Not only just to hold uh, the Lakers to 100 points, but they put up 114 themselves, and uh, the lead was 20 for, like, a good portion of that uh, that fourth quarter. So <clears throat> it was really good to see that. Uh, you know, when you have something happen, like what happened in their first matchup with the Lakers, where it just kind of felt like, well, yeah, they did have some opportunities. It shouldn't have even gotten to that point at the end of regulation where, you know, Danny Green could, you know, send it to overtime, uh, regardless of the no call on Seth, uh, I mean, on, on Dwight Howard holding Seth Curry. When stuff like that happens, it's just like, oh man, <laughs> can we catch a break against a team like this? And so... Again, just to go into their place and just to, you know, throw the haymaker <laughs> and yeah. knock them out the way they did. It, it was just great. It was great to see. And and like you said, it it probably did provide a little bit of extra juice that, that Dirk was sitting courtside. And then uh, Brad Townsend, he said that Luca's mom was in town. Uh, so, you know, Luca had some extra motivation in this one for sure. Yeah, and and the young kid from Slovenia that he he raised all the money for as well was there. So, oh yeah, you know Such he a wanted cool to play story. well for him. Um, but how about this? You know, holding the Lakers, you know, three guys in double figures. You know, obviously LeBron and AD were those two, and then the other one was Alex Caruso, and he only had ten points. I mean, what a defensive effort! That's yeah. I, I know that they don't have a lot of guys that can fill it up on a nightly basis necessarily, but. You know, that kind of defensive effort, you know, you you held Danny Green from, from going off from three. You know, you held, you know, all their other veteran players below 10, you know, below 10 points. That's huge. I mean, you, you, you can't emphasize how much of a, of, a, of a win that is defensively because, you know, there's not always going to be nights where you have the kind of offensive, you know, uh, performance that they had where they had so many scores. And, and, you know, I'm talking about the Mavericks, of course. So right. when you can when you can go back and rely on that defense, it's it's just um, 
it's a deadly combination. Yeah, and I mean, <clears throat> we're once we get to December fifteenth, it's gonna get interesting because you know the way the Mavs are playing right now, they're they're not in any hurry to make any kind of you know uh, trades at the moment, but. Like Donnie Nelson told us on on the recent pod he was on, you know they're they're never satisfied they're never patient so to speak so it'll be interesting to see what kind of approach they take if whether it's a you know a big splash or if they they might try and just upgrade the roster, uh, just you know a minor addition you know something like a I'm trying to think here Goran Dragic. Well, yes, <laughs> Goran, uh, Andre Iguodala, which I know you're not too big of a fan of, but I still think he would be an upgrade to this team. He'd bring, you know, that championship experience once we get to, get to the playoffs. Uh, even a guy like J.J. Redick in New Orleans, who the Mavs will see Tuesday night. Uh, you know, something like that I think could really – you know, help this team. It, it helped the team in a big way, but it's not necessarily necessarily a huge move. Bogdan so, Bogdanovich. Yes, we'll one. see. I see that I would consider a huge move because I think he is he is a big time talent. Just just but, waiting. But I don't think you have to give up a lot to get him. Is the point I'm making? He, he's a move that you could make where you're not completely transforming your roster to to get a difference maker. Yeah, and I think if they do end up making a move at any point, that's the kind of move it'll be. I don't think they'll go for a third star anymore at this point. I think they like, you know, the the continuity they have throughout their roster and the things that they're doing, where they just want to add somebody who can, um, you know, magnify it without sacrificing any sort of depth. Right. Well, I all I'm saying is the way Bogdanovich has been playing for Sacramento. I don't think he's going to be as cheap as what you think, but then again, it's the Kings front office. So, <laughs> so I mean, maybe you're right there, but we'll see. I mean, I, I think once we get to December 15th, there's going to be a lot more trade rumors start to swirl and uh, it'll be that way up until the deadline in February. But, you know, right now, like I said, Mavs, they're 13 and six. They play at new Orleans on Tuesday night and then, you know, Matt, we were looking at the schedule, that four-game stretch, and we were talking, you know, we were thinking, man, at Houston, the Clippers at home, at Phoenix, who had been playing well up until lately, and then at the Lakers, and they went three and one during that four-game stretch. <laughs> and the, the only one they lost was the home game <laughs> against yeah, the Clippers. I, I, I think I said the last time we did a pod together um, that this – this stretch was going to tell us a lot about this team and, you know, one way or the other. And I think it did. Yeah. I, I really think and it now, did. And now you look at the next, let's just look at the next five games. You've got the Pelicans, the Timberwolves, the Pelicans again, the Kings, and the Pistons. That's that's five very winnable games. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to say they're going to, you know, go and win all five of these in a row, but I mean, if they did, they'd be sitting at what eighteen and eighteen and six, which would be incredible. Heading into a uh, three, well, hold on, three, four, 
it's really going to be a hard stretch after that Detroit game because they've got Miami, Milwaukee, Boston, Philly, Toronto, and San Antonio, which, you know, San Antonio hasn't been playing great lately, but they always seem to play good against the Mavs, so... You have to watch out for that too. So, yeah, and These you know next... who they're you know who they're facing the night before that de- December fifteenth date, where yeah. there could possibly be some trades starting to come up into the ether. Oh gosh, Miami. yeah, 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 yeah. They're playing, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're playing the Heat. Your guy, your guy, Goron's gonna go for a triple double and <laughs> entice them to make that trade. So. Some people move on, Dalton, but not us. <laughs> not us. Well, look, I, 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 if they ended up with him, I would be perfectly fine with it. It would just depend on the price. But, you know, he. the good thing about if if you did get a guy like him, he's on an expiring deal, so they could retain him, uh, obviously, for a cheaper amount next year for, you know, multiple years if they wanted to. So we'll see. But, again, guys, uh, a, a big, big win for the Mavs against the Lakers. We're absolutely thrilled with this team. It's it's almost euphoric. <laughs> like, I, I can't really believe that, that Luka has taken this big of a step this early and is, I mean, there's no other way to put it. He's an MVP candidate. And, you know, he can go out there and drop 30, 10, and 10, and it's just ho hum, you know. We're we're expecting it now, and he's twenty years old. It's just it's mind blowing that we're already at this point, Matt. But uh, you have anything else you want to say before we take off here? Yeah, um, actually, so a really cool thing happened during the Clippers game that I wanted to mention. Oh yes, I'm glad um, you're bringing this up. So uh, one of our big pod fans from Slovenia, his name's Luca, and I'm sorry, I'm gonna. Probably butcher the last name because I'm a terrible person. But uh, Luka Batisic. Uh, let's see. Luka Batisic. Anyway, uh, he... <laughs> I'm sorry I mispronounced your name. Um, we'll just call him Luka. He, he emailed me uh, before he came in uh, for that for that stretch, that th- stretch of three games for Cleveland. Uh, he traveled to Houston and then came back for the, for the Clippers game. And he emailed me before the Cleveland game and asked if you know he could he could meet us. And obviously Dalton couldn't be here because he's he's not in Dallas and uh, Fish got busy with with Cowboy stuff. But I was able to meet him at the Clippers game, and he was just the nicest guy. We talked for probably fifteen or twenty minutes. We were able to take a picture together. I put it on Twitter, and uh, I just wanted to Very give him cool. a really big shout out because um, you know he he listens to our pod all the way over in Slovenia. He said he. He listens to it while he walks around in in the woods and the mountains out there, and um, I thought that was you know a really cool thing. And um, uh, anyway, he he got to see two really good wins, and obviously the you know the Clippers game didn't go the way he wanted to, but you know he had a blast, and it was it was really cool to meet him. So I just wanted to give him a shout out. Yeah, we we appreciate you, Luca, and if if you're listening to this, which I'm I'm sure you will be. Uh, I told Matt to get back in contact with you, you know, via email, and we will send you a Step Back Pod t-shirt. So we really appreciate you listening, and we appreciate the rest of y'all listening, too. And uh, if you haven't already, 
please go like, rate, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Uh, if you haven't done so on YouTube yet, you really want to do that because the way the Mavs are playing, you know, they're <laughs> they're looking like they're going to make the playoffs. And, uh, you know, Matt and I, we agreed to give one lucky winner Mavs tickets of their choice. So you get two Mavs tickets to a game of your choice at some point this season uh, you know, if you're one of the first thousand subscribers and we're halfway to that number now. So, uh, there's only about 500 spots left and I mean, definitely go sign up for it. All you gotta do is hit the subscribe button. You're automatically entered into it. And I mean, the way the Mavs are playing, I don't know why you wouldn't, you know, (laughs) why you wouldn't want the chance to get those free tickets while you can, because, I mean, not only do you get to listen to the podcast, but, you know, it's a chance to go see Luca do his thing, too. So Yeah, and, and any home game for the rest of the season, the Lakers are still coming back to Dallas. Yep. You know, you got you got the Nuggets, uh, you know, that, that stretch where they play in Miami and they have Boston here. So there's a lot of there's still a lot of good games to choose from. Yep. So uh Trey Young and the Atlanta Atlanta Hawks, they haven't come to Dallas yet, but they will in February. I think it's the first game in February and uh, the way the Hawks are playing right now, <laughs> that might be one people want to go to because I mean Luca might go for fifty plus. Well, hey, but, he 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 and he and Trey both might go for fifty. They're both lighting up lighting up the scoreboard, so that would be a really right. fun game no matter what the outcome. Yeah, but again, guys, we really appreciate it. We know y'all are just as excited and thrilled as we are that the Mavs are playing this well and. They look like they're well on their way to the playoffs, and we're going to be here for the the full ride, and uh, we'll see you guys hopefully later this week with a really special guest. We'll give you all more info on that uh, as we get it, but uh, if not, we'll see you guys next week. Y'all have a good one. Uh, A lot of times feel like I was on the road to nowhere. Tell me why all these people up in my face acting like I know them. Feeling like Luka Doncic, rookie of the year, I'm the coldest. God speaking through me every single track, profit like Moses. Asking why I gotta wait till I'm dead to go and get my roses. Feeling like mass 2019, grinding unfocused. I used to go to bed at night, discouraged, so hopeless. Went through the same pain, my friends chose drugs to cope with. Now I'm reading all these hate comments, man, it got I'm in motion. I had to whip up the potion, I ain't need you with the boasting. I was just broken, way down to my lowest. Getting swallowed by them locusts, letting God do the coaching. I had to go through a lot, just to realize that I'm chosen. Carry away, felt like boulders, all of those slams shut. Had to bulldoze them, name a rapper dude who can see me over wax. I'm just trying to spit the facts. Where I spit my flow, people telling me relax. I just get it double back, I just get it double back. They still ask for more and I gave them my last. Can't never seen to let go of the past. And that's sad, uh, I just sit back and reflect, oh my god, they really feeling the kid, family calling on the phone, almost a star, June, look what you did, about to put silk right back on the grid, go kill a beat and go listen to Trig, turn on my phone and I listen to Matt, headphones in, sit back with a grin, making up a profit, I don't care about the profit, I'm just teaching like a prophet, I'm just preaching like a prophet, staying tall like a dodger, sleeping on me like pajamas. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters, the more your network matters. 
The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.